Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take your business to the next level. Paul is the author of three best-selling books, including Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, and his brand new book, 101 Proven Ways to Increase Efficiency and Make More Money in Lawn Care. Now available on Audible and narrated by Mr. Producer. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to today's program. This show is all about helping you take your lawn care and landscaping business to the next level. This is your first time listening to the show. Welcome to today's program. And we're actually going to talk about something that's very important today to the success of any business, but especially in the home service-based businesses such as lawn care and landscaping, and that is our pricing strategy. So to help us understand the importance of pricing, we actually have James Mansky as a special guest on today's program. James Business has about 50 employees and they do multiple millions of dollars a year in annual revenue. And so James definitely is feeling the raising cost of labor and equipment and fuel. And he's going to share how he is absorbing these costs and making sure that they're maintaining the profit margins that their uh, goals are to achieve in his business. So this is always an important conversation that our prices are accurate and on point and that we're collecting the proper data in order to analyze so that we have the right pricing. And so it's going to be a very important conversation today, and I hope it will help you really analyze your prices and make sure you're not leaving money on the table and that you have a very intentional proactive plan for dealing with what we're going through right now with the rising cost of fuel and labor and equipment and and all the various other expenses that are all going up. So that is the goal today is to help you and your business really fine tune your pricing and make sure you are making as much money as possible and that we're not necessarily reactive to everything that's going on, but we understand what's going on, but we are proactive and intentional to really have a plan in place to be as profitable as possible in the days ahead. Well, big thank you to today's show sponsor, and that is our friends at Jobber. Guys, Jobber is a CRM, which is a customer relationship manager, and it helps us to organize our business as well as professionally and kind of seamlessly communicate with our customers. And so for years in my business, I was using paper invoicing and I was using my brain cells to organize jobs and future jobs and what was going on in my business. And the disorganization costed me a lot of money. I mean, I don't have the exact amount of how much money slipped through my hands because I was unorganized. But as I begin to onboard my customers into Jobber and really get organized with my communication with my customers and with actually getting paid faster with billing where they can actually pay online, I can send them the invoice and they can just directly pay with a card or even better for reoccurring customers, I can set their card up on file. Well, that's a game changer. It changed my cash flow. There's no longer uh, waiting on the checks in the mail. And it helped me to really get more organized, which gave me more confidence, gave me more peace, and honestly just made me more professional because now I'm communicating with my customers in a professional manner. And I think that built trust on their end or deepened the trust on their end. 
And I just made for a pleasant experience with them all the way around from the time that I send them a quote to the time that I send them an invoice and that they pay me. And it's just a, it's a good overall interaction and transaction and continuously is bringing me repeat customers. And I really feel in control of my business. And so if you want to try Jobber out, you can click on the link in today's show notes that will take you to getjobber.com forward slash Paul where they will hook you up with 20% off your first six months. And again, guys, I personally use and have used since the summer of 2019 Jobber as the CRM to run my business. Hopefully you'll give it a shot. Getjobber.com forward slash Paul. Well, without further ado, Let's talk about pricing with special guest, James Mansky. So James, it's been a minute, man, but welcome back to the Green Industry Podcast. I'm really excited to hear your perspective on everything that's going on with fuel and things of that nature and how we can make sure that our prices are on point. Thanks, Paul. Excited to be here today for you guys. Yes, and I really am excited to hear your perspective on how we select the accurate prices and how we deal with inflation. I know right now fuel costs are at an all-time high for for guys that are newer to this business. I've never seen them this high. Uh, Labor costs, if you can find the labor, that's going to cost you a lot. And then equipment, if you can even find it in stock. Uh, I know your trucks were like, oh, you have to wait a long time or whatnot, and they're more expensive than ever. So this all kind of drives us back to the solution is our pricing uh, is, a, is a key component to the solution. So tell us a little bit more of how you're navigating this at Elkhorn. Yeah, there's right now it's just a weird time for everybody. So there's so many different things going on that you need to be aware of, right? So what are all of your costs first? So whether you're doing landscaping or you're just doing mowing, you need to first identify what's all your overhead, what's all of the materials, the equipment that goes into creating the income for your own business, because everybody's going to be different. So everybody's dealing with fuel right now, right? So this is not what we estimated our prices to be in the beginning of the year. So we have to do something. What we're going to probably roll out this week is a fuel surcharge, and it's going to be a percentage of every invoice. So whether it be 3% or 5%, it's got to be something to compensate the over $2 that's just raised in the last couple months. So um, by just identifying first what every input, what every widget, what everything that is going into your product or service, that's going to allow you to figure out, okay, where was it? Where's it now? How do we need to adjust prices in order to be profitable? Because everybody's already paying more for their day-to-day products and services. They go to the store, that's more. They go to get um, furniture, it's more. They go get a vehicle, it's more. They know it's going to be more for everything else. So why aren't we raising our prices as well? Yeah, and so I always have that in the back of your mind as well, that people are already paying more. Yeah, the fuel surcharge, is this something that's newer to our industry? Because I was just talking to someone who works for one of these companies, James, where they put fiber in the ground. And then afterwards, they have to resod the area. And so anyway, they were asking me, hey, who should I hire? Because the subcontractors I'm using are charging me so much because they were explaining the prices. And then they said, and then there was the fuel surcharge, which is like 150 bucks is what these companies were charging just to come out and do it and drive back or whatever. And she was asking me, is this normal? And I was like, well, in my business, I haven't been charging that in the past, but it makes sense to me. I was like, it, it does sound reasonable. So 
I know you know a lot of people in this industry. Is that something that is new or has that been around for a while to add that to your invoice? You know, I think I did it also in the 08, 09 when diesel was over $4, but this is completely different. So either it's going to be a fuel surcharge as a percentage. And I know some companies that just do a flat rate, they're doing, you know, 15 or $20 to every single invoice, no matter what the invoice size is, but that just kind of helps offset it. So you have to do something because it's, it's not getting any better. And all of that markup in fuel that we're paying is affecting our bottom dollar. That could be going to raises, it could be going to benefits, it could be going just to pay bills. So we have to be able to recapture that expense. Totally. And then when you guys roll that out, uh, how will you communicate with that to the customer? Will it just surprise show up on their invoice or what, what's your plan to, to implement that? Yeah, over communicating, of course. So emails, first sending out emails to everybody and have them know when that's going to start or take effect. So ideally, if you give them at least a week or a couple of weeks to say, hey, this is what's going to happen. And once fuel gets back below, you know, whatever it is, four dollars or four fifty or five dollars, this surcharge is going to drop off. So that way they know that there is an end in end sight um, or an end game in sight. And it also just over communicates with them that, hey, this is tough times for us because almost 90 percent of the things we do are fuel dependent. Mm-hmm. Everything that we drive out there with all the stuff to take care of your property, all of our equipment, it's all fuel related. And there's no battery powered cat excavators. So there's no battery powered 60 inch mowers. So that's all that stuff that we just have no option but to pass this along. Yeah, totally. Well, before this craziness with these gas prices, pricing was obviously very important. You know, I think a lot of folks, your your uh, native Nebraskan Warren Buffett says that you can see who's skinny dipping um, when the tide goes down. And I think right now we're looking at our businesses and, and everything's kind of being exposed. Like, man, we, we have to be on point with pricing. So what are some of your tips, James, to really make sure when you give that original quote and, and you're setting the price that it's on point and it's profitable right out of the gate. Yeah, A, a you need to not be the lowest in the, in the marketplace. So we're high or above average pricing because we know our quality of service. So if you automatically are going higher than most of the area, I mean, that's gonna help out tremendously. And if you're not raising your prices and reevaluating every single year, then there's an issue with that. And for a lot of people, everybody's busy schedules. So they're packed schedules already. And we, we might've talked about this in the last couple of weeks, Paul, but that means your prices are too low. So if you're already packed, you have a full schedule, your prices are too low automatically. So you need to raise those prices. But for before you get the job, before you get the service, you need to also communicate that in the contract, in your line items, in the descriptions at the bottom of the estimate that, hey, this price may fluctuate due to unforeseen circumstances or industry circumstances or, or um, supply chain issues with fertilizer. So at least it's in there as a disclaimer because you never know what's going to happen. I mean, seed last year went from $65 a 50 pound bag to $170. (laughs) I mean, we can't, you can't just eat that. Right. And you can't offer that service and lose money every single job. So you just have to over communicate. You have to send out the letter, send out the emails. Hey, this is what we're seeing. This is what we have to do. We don't want this to happen, but 
we have to do something because otherwise we're losing money and we won't be able to service you in the future. Yeah. One thing I've noticed, James, I've been coaching a lot of guys that are in year one or two. They're just brand new into this industry. And here's the trend I notice is they kind of do a little research around town, what people are paying for lawn maintenance service. And then they just put their price a little bit below that, like their mentality as well. If, if they're paying $55 across the street, I'll just charge 50. That way I get the job. And that is, that is very dangerous. So what's one piece of practical advice you would give to the rookie, to the guy that's in year one, two, and three, that's hearing, Oh, I got to charge more, but they, they fear like, well, I have to get to work. And there's this, there's this balance of, um, I want to make sure I secured a job, but I know I should be charging more. What, what advice would you give to that guy that's just starting out that they know their prices are too low? Yeah, it's a great question. I think you still need to price shop your area because if you're $20 less than the next closest person and you don't know that, you need to adjust some stuff. So a price shop or mystery shop just to see what's out there. But also you still have to detail out every overhead expense, like your rent, your office staff, your utilities, all that stuff, all the inputs that go into your products or service to see what that even costs or what your break even has to be every single month. And then once you know your monthly break even, you can figure out, okay, how many yards do I need to mow? How many jobs do I need to do? And this is just reoccurring service, right? But if you're landscaping, it's similar. How much do I need to create to break even on all these material costs? And um, from there, then you can kind of price your labor, price your services to not just cover that, but to obtain what profitability you want to be at. Um, so you do need to put all that stuff together. If it's in QuickBooks, even if it's on a legal pad or Excel, I mean, you still have to know what everything in your business is going to cost. Otherwise you're, you're running blind and you're going to lose money. Yeah. And James, for the guy that's just starting off that's solo and, and they write down, you know, my, my mower payments, this, my storage unit payments, this, my vehicle insurance is this, my QuickBook and all the subscriptions, those add up fast. All those are this. And do you suggest including then on the um, all those costs, your salary as well? Like I need to pay myself five thousand dollars a month just to pay my, you know, my mortgage and all my bills to run my household. That's five grand. Do you do you include that that salary on that uh, break even and, and calculate that number in there as well? Yeah. Owner salary for sure. So that's going to be one of those overhead expenses that I consider um, all the staff or input labor would be more of like a cost of goods sold. So if we do this, then this is gonna be how much production labor there's gonna be into that service. So I kind of look at it with the owners or owner salary as an overhead. And then we need to figure out how to price everything out from there. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So what has helped you to uh, charge more premium pricing in your business, or did you just come out of the gate and you were you were charging premium pricing, or was there a kind of an evolution where you realized if we're going to ha- reach my goals, we're we're going to have to um, bump up these prices? Sure, it was more of realizing how much we were leaving on the table because early on, I mean, I was doing the yards at thirty five dollars as a minimum, and then it moved up to forty, forty five, fifty, fifty five, sixty, and people just kept signing up. So we realized that if we give them the best service possible, if we over communicate, if we give them good customer service, if we give them good warranty work or whatever that might be, we're constantly give, 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 then that price is not even a factor. 
So you have to find out what other added benefits can you give to your customers and provide them to make them comfortable with whatever your prices are. So yeah, I, I've constantly am doing that too. I mean, we never came out the gate with high prices. It was a learning lesson along the way. And then, gosh, we should be making way more in this division or with this service. And uh, what's everybody else charging? And then realizing, okay, going back through those expenses of fuels really high, we need to bump this up. Or fertilizing costs are high, we need to bump this up because it doesn't make sense. So it's still a learning lesson as you go through and it'll constantly evolve every year, but you can't be the cheapest and you can't be the most expensive. So finding that sweet spot, it's not set in stone. So don't be afraid if you put one price this year, you can change it six months from now or next year. It's not what's going to happen for the next five or 10 years. Yeah. And then I want to ask you, James, when we talk about the market pricing around us and the competition in the local area and things of that nature, how do you gather that information so you know what ABC Lawn Care across the street is charging? What has worked for you to discover those rates of the competitors? Yeah, starting out, I've just made a list of all of the biggest companies that I knew of at the time. And we would first go to their websites a lot of them would put on their website mowing starting at $45 or 50 or whatever it is. A lot of them will put their whole price sheet on their website or in mailers. Um, Otherwise we would just have people mystery shop. We would give them their address or they would call in with their address, get an estimate for mowing fertilizing, and then see what their sales process was too. So you're, you're, able to pull some from online and you're able just to call and they'll give it to you over the phone. Hey, I've got 10,000 square foot yard. How much would you charge for this? Yeah. Something I actually did doing something similar to that was I was on one of the companies are in the top 100, uh, in the lawn and landscape magazine. They're huge here in Atlanta and on their website, they actually show their program. So they have like a regular package and it shows you what's included, lawn maintenance and and all, all these things. And then they have the premium package, which includes all that, plus the fertilization and weed control, plus like once a year, they'll prune the canopy of all your trees up to like 12 feet. And I, I that helped me so much because I was like, oh, wow, I basically took that, you know, kind of edited a little bit, copied and pasted. And then I started offering, oh, I'll give you this basic package or this deluxe package. And and I already knew if if this company is so successful and and is doing tens of millions in revenue and this is how they're set up. Then I just kind of took it and ran, ran with it. And that's, that was all public on their website. So I think it's, that's a great idea is to look at the competition's website. Yeah, exactly. And in the spring you get a lot of mailers, you get a lot of door hangers. I mean, the bigger companies don't do those things, but um, everything's online nowadays. So you can still find stuff and just collect data because then, you know, year after year where you stand in the industry, where you stand in your own market. Um, but you never want to really compare yourself to those people because a, those people might have, you know, 50,000 square foot shop with 20 people in the office with all of this overhead costs. So they have to have really high prices. You might have a 4,000 square foot shop with one office person and your prices don't need to be, um, compensating for all of that overhead. So, but if you leave too much on the table, then you could be making a lot more. So it's just finding that sweet spot. That's the tough part. Yeah. Is there a specific example, James, or experience of a job in the past where you got done with it and you just realized 
we didn't charge enough for that. It doesn't have to be lawn maintenance. It could be a, a larger scale job. Is there one that you, you got burned on and it was kind of a lesson learned the hard way? Oh, all the time. That happens probably once a year, but you don't know what you don't know. And that's why focusing in on what you're good at, what you're comfortable with, and what you know all of the input costs are, that's where you get really dangerous. But when you start to go out and do a drainage job, but you don't know how to do drainage, or you start to go to like a retaining wall job, but it's your first one. I mean, if your goal is to start doing more of those jobs, then look at it like it's school. You're paying to go to school to learn something. So if you lose a little bit of money or you break even, you still learn something so you can be better prepared and have better estimates um, on the next job. But you have to document all of the steps from that project, from that service. So, you know, okay, this is where we need to estimate, uh, estimate more. Here's where we need to include more material. We need to factor in delivery cost or dumping because that all adds up. So either way, you're, you're still learning to properly estimate or properly be profitable in that job down the road. Remember how the riding mower was such a game changer? That's what Roll by ADP is going to be for the payroll business. It's a chat-based payroll app built for small business owners like you. Roll makes payroll ridiculously easy and you can do it anywhere, anytime. And it makes onboarding for new hires smoother than a freshly cut hedge. Roll lets employees and contractors submit employment forms, enroll in direct deposit, and more, saving you valuable time. Roll was designed for those who'd rather be outside working than stuck in an office. It calculates, withholds, and files taxes for you while letting you manage payroll from anywhere. And because it's a mobile payroll app, going digital will remove those boxes of papers in the trunk of your car. Ready to get rolled for your business? Green Industry Podcast listeners get their first three months free. Visit GetRoll.com slash Green Industry to get started. I do hope you're watching the Almonds Shop Build on Caleb and Brittany's YouTube channel. Hi, it's Mr. Producer. Seeing the construction of the Hardscape Academy's headquarters come to life is definitely cool and satisfying. This fall, the Hardscape Academy in beautiful Fairfield County, OHIO, opens its doors, providing you and your team with hands-on training to improve skill sets and gain equipment mastery so you can supercharge your earnings potential. In the meantime, you can instantly access the Hardscape Academy's online training resources for paver installation, retaining walls, fire pits, step installation, or even schedule a one-on-one coaching call with the kid contractor himself. Visit thehardscapeacademy.com or use the link below to get the comprehensive guides and continuing education that will advance and empower your company today. That's thehardscapeacademy.com. Hey, landscaper, do you work hard all year for freedom but still feel as though your money controls you? Unfortunately, because you can't give bookkeeping your full energy or focus, it just sits there most nights untouched, continually haunting you? Because your business demands your time elsewhere, you need a personalized bookkeeping solution dedicated to your industry. Gulf Coast Bookkeeping, now known as the Landscaping Bookkeeper, is dedicated to giving your time and peace of mind back through our monthly bookkeeping service. You can begin this partnership with us today by going to gulfcoastbk.com and scheduling a 15-minute phone call. We want you to become a confident and informed business owner. We'll take care of your grain so you can take care of theirs. Schedule a 15-minute call today at gulfcoastbk.com. 
You can count on Jobber to keep your business organized. Manage your business and back and forth with customers from one place. Estimate, quote, schedule, invoice, get paid, no software experience required. Friends, you can save 20% off your first six months at getjobber.com forward slash Paul or click on the link in today's show notes to try out the business management software that I've been using for years, Jobber. Yeah, that's good, James. So as a takeaway, as I'm, I'm listening to your advice, because I'm really I really got the the younger businesses in mind. I've just this has been such a trend on coaching calls. I was telling you a little bit off air uh, that I'm, ha- I'm having these conversations about inflation and pricing with folks. And so what I hear you saying is, number one, w- whether you use a yellow pad or Google Sheets or Excel, you need to know to the penny what it costs to run your business with all the operating expenses. Most guys have truck payments and, and obviously vehicle insurance to go on that, your general liability insurance, your storage unit, all that equipment, all your subscriptions. I mean, the list, all you got to really do is uh, print out your uh, checking statements from the past previous months and just thumb through there and you're going to see what all your expenses are. So that's step one is to know that penny to the penny. Dang, it cost me X amount per month to operate. And that's different from a Chuck in the truck who's just starting off first, you know, having 50 employees, that, that number is going to be different. And then from there, once you know that, do the research of the competition, go on their websites and figure out what they're charging. And then is there any other critical information to gather to, to select a, a better price um, as you go out and you give these quotes? You know, as you're going, though, I would still recommend revisiting it because you don't want to just set it, forget it. You want to look back next week. Okay, what worked well? What didn't the next week? Did we make money on this? Did we lose money? Why? So you're it's a constant revolving door of looking at the financials. And this is where a lot of people don't because they don't have time to focus on the business. They're working in the business. So if you can check that out every single week and look at your mowing list or look at your fertilizing list. Like, okay, we brought in 15 grand this week or five grand or whatever it is. Um, what were the costs involved? And then something different is going to be next week. So if you kind of have this, this ongoing flow and maybe you're doing it monthly for now, but if you know, then you can adjust it quicker before you lose money or you're leaving too much on the table. So it's, it's gotta be a constant. How, how frequently, if you can kind of show us a little bit into your business, how frequently are you analyzing your profit and loss statement or maybe even your statement of cash flows or balance sheet or what, what report are you looking at? How are you analyzing it and how frequently are you guys doing this? Because when you have a company your size, one little thing that's off is going to, you know, may a major um, substantial amount of money. So how, how often are you analyzing? We just did this job and this was the result or, or do you get so busy that it, it, um, you don't pay attention. How, how do you, um, stay on top of analyzing the numbers? Yeah. For landscape wise, I mean, I'm looking at that almost every day. So whatever the big landscape jobs were or what they were completed at, I'm looking at that, I'm reviewing it. And then I hand it back off to the salesperson or the sales rep to say, Hey, this was really good. Or we need to fix this because we were way under on this whatever estimate, um, the drainage was way short. We need to go at another 20%. So I'm looking at that daily or whenever the jobs are done, completed and ready to be built out as a whole. I'm looking at it probably once a week and I'm going through the, the 
PL and also I'm not really doing much of the statement of cash flows once a week. That's more of like a month by month or year by year. Um, and the same with the balance sheet, because I want to see what expenses, what's going in, what's going out and what divisions are being the most profitable because the way we have everything laid out is our P and L has each division with the corollary, um, expenses with the cost of goods for each division. So I can see, okay, fertilizing build out X amount, but we bought this much of material and this was their labor and then figure out what overhead is on top of it. So it's, it's something that the office, my office manager, our financial department, like we're looking at all the time to make sure there's nothing that pops up. We didn't overbill something. We didn't underbill something. So it's, it's really important to keep the business running is that cash flow every single day. And if it's not being profitable, we need to address it now before the next, the next job, the next month, or did anything fall through the cracks? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got a note here in my little podcast studio that I look at every single day that says, the fuel for a business is money. <laughs> the fuel for a business is money. Uh, that cash flow is so important. So for guys that are listening that are in year one, two, three, they're, they're new to this industry, the most important report to get intimate with, so to speak, is the profit and loss statement. Yeah, I believe so, because it gives you a, a detailed breakdown of everything that's going in and out of the business. Um, and I'm not sure if a lot of softwares can provide that. It's something you're going to have to find out with your own software or to keep track of personally. But once you get that down, you should be able to look at it any day of the week, any time of the day, and it should be accurate. Yeah. And that's what I love about ours is I can be anywhere in the world and still look at it, see what happened that week, see what happened that day. And and see what's what's going good, what's going bad, where do we need to improve on? But you have to have the cash to to run the business. And this is something big that I've seen in a lot of smaller companies as well, is they're waiting so long to build things out when that's that's your blood, that's the, the oil of the machine, that you need to get that build out either the first day of the month or as soon as a job is done and not wait, you know, five to ten days or twenty days afterwards because that just gives that customer another five or 10 days. Then you wait for payment for another five to 20 days and you struggle. So that money you need to get in ASAP. So when you guys finish a landscaping job, how long from when the trucks leave the property until the money's in Elkhorn's uh, lawn care's account? So typically for, for any jobs over a couple thousand dollars, we request 50% down. That's just to secure their spot and to purchase all the materials needed or get those on order. And then as soon as they finish a job, I mean, we need to make sure everything's acceptable, walk through the customer, but we will build it out that day for the other 50%. Most people will have ACH on file. So um, as soon as they're done, we'll just run the other half of that ACH. But typically you know, on average, it's going to be anywhere from one to five days after a job's completed for those bigger jobs. And then for, I know you, I know you have like seven or so divisions of your company. So I'm sure each, each job's a little bit different uh, for the lawn maintenance, which is more, you know, re recurring. How many weeks a year do you guys cut that grass in Nebraska? I'm not familiar with your Typically like 32. Okay. So how do you, down here in, you know, Florida, Georgia, I'm, I'm down South, you know, a lot of guys go year round. So it's, it's more simple when January's payment's the same as July uh, when you're doing a year-round service. But when you're in that area of the country where it's very, very seasonal, 
uh, how do you do the billing for the maintenance so that you're not getting screwed? Yeah, so there's a lot of things that go into that for for our company. I mean, A, we either get prepayment up front for the year at a discount. We do a monthly budget plan or we take, you know, here's your services estimated out for 12 months and we're going to break it up into 12 even payments. So that way on the first of every month, we just run their card or run their bank account. Um, everything outside of that, we still have people on ACH. So as soon as a service is done, we run their card or run their bank account. So for fertilizing, landscape maintenance, irrigation, that all that stuff is built out the day it's done or the day after it's done when we get all that paperwork or, or reports from the technicians. For mowing, we didn't want to have to do that, you know, 32 times a year. So we'll wait till the end of the month and then we'll bill out that whole previous month just because some of those customers are already getting a fertilizing, you know, a irrigation, a landscape maintenance. So we didn't want them to have 10 different invoices in the course of three weeks. Um, so mowing, we do bill out the end of each month. Okay. And then I had another question I'm curious about, James. For your business, you talked about the sales guy goes out there and sells the, the landscaping job with the drainage. But obviously when you started, it was just you. You were the salesman. You, you were you know, the uh, guy in charge of sales, you know, from the teenage years or you started your business as a teenager, correct? Correct. So you were the salesman, but now fast forward to, you know, having roughly 50 employees, how many salespeople do you have? How did you train them and equip them that, that you're, they're not going out there and botching these quotes. How did you evolve into actually James Mansky isn't the key salesman anymore, but you have uh, delegated that to others and and how did they actually have a pinpoint accurate price? Yeah, that's, it's tough because it's every job is a little different, right? So first it starts with just shadowing. So let's shadow myself or shadow one of the other experienced people in the company right now and see how they measure, how they estimate. And we created estimators. So with a Google sheet or Excel sheet, then you're going to enter in all of like the square feet, all of the linear feet, all the materials, and it just spits out numbers for you. So I try to make it as easy as possible to duplicate, <clears throat> but there's still some stuff that you need to learn of, okay, this slope is going this way a little bit. This is how it should be. So there's a lot of stuff that it just takes trial and error as well, but getting somebody that's been in the industry for a while, they start to see that stuff a lot easier. Um, and overall, I mean, it's, I'll look at some of those with some of the newer salespeople or operational people where they just might have questions or they just want to double check. And I'll look at it and I'll say, hey, let's add something here. Let's move this. Let's do this. But getting pictures and notes of every property or project that we can then put into an estimator and then spit out an estimate, um, it's, it's just a lot of moving parts. So you want to make sure if you can detail and document how you're currently doing everything, that's going to make it so much easier for the next person that you bring on. So instead of you just eyeballing everything and saying, okay, this looks like it's going to be 20 yards of mulch. Okay. Why, why is it 20 yards of mulch and not 15? Well, this is the process. Here's how we measure it. And then you can easily pass that to somebody new and they can just be exactly like you were estimating. So a lot of people don't think of that stuff. They just rather get all the estimates done really quick, not worry about it, and then send it off. And then when they bring somebody else in new, it's a failure because you're underestimating because nobody took the time to show them the exact process or the estimator that you created to be profitable. How many people on your team have the authority to, to go out and quote jobs? And 
do they have other responsibilities or are they just purely a salesperson? You know, we've got three that are in the office that do most of the landscape drainage, smaller stuff like that. And they still have an operational duty. They still have a sales and estimate duty. So they're kind of helping out with a lot of different things, a lot of moving parts, but most of the, most of the time, those three are for landscaping and, um, for like irrigation. I mean, our main technicians and manager in the irrigation side, they can go out and estimate new construction or new installs or renovations. And, but they're still in the field and the same with our lead fertilizing techs, they can still estimate out tree care products or how to, you know, fix an issue with the lawn and they can send out estimates that way as well. But they're also just focused only on fertilizing. So we kind of have a good dynamic of different divisions or estimating different services. The most labor intensive and mind intensive and thought process intensive is landscaping for sure, because you can't just measure something online. You can't just look at it, send off a quick estimate. You have to detail out and list out everything, every amount of labor, every part of uh, materials delivery. Do we need to stage this? Where are the plants coming from? So that takes just a lot more, a lot more in-depth detailism than anything else. Totally. Well, this has been very helpful, James. I know a lot, this is on a lot of folks' minds right now is pricing and, and dealing with this inflation. Is there anything we're leaving out about the importance of pricing that you would like to address? You know, I think it's the biggest thing is you're going to learn as you go and as you grow. So no matter what you do right now, there's a learning lesson in it. Either you're going to underprice and then you're going to learn what went wrong or what you need to add next time. But the biggest thing is just detailing and documenting everything while you're on those jobs, especially if you're the salesman and you're on the job to document it all right now, because you don't know if you're overestimating on one portion of a project or you're underestimating and you need to change that for the next one. So you have to detail it out. So, you know, for future use and future estimating where you're, where you're uh, correct and where you need to adjust some things. So good. Well, I appreciate you uh, sharing your insights on pricing, James. If folks want to connect with James Mansky, how can they do so? Sure. Yeah. I'm on all social platforms, James Mansky, and also just jamesmansky.com. You get more information and uh, feel free to reach out with any questions. Cool. And I just want to say thank you again for being a, a guest on the program. I know that there's so many people that are, uh, what they're doing is they're going to the search engines in Spotify and Apple podcast or wherever they're listening, Podbean, <laughs> the one guy listening on Podbean, they're typing in, you know, lawn care podcast or whatnot, and, and they're starting to listen to our show and then they're binge listening to our show. And they're like in year one or two of their business. They're just so new at all this. And for me, at least when I was on, when I was in year one or two, James, I didn't have a podcast to listen to where a guy with 50 employees was teaching me the tips and strategies. And so I appreciate you. This information you're sharing is so helpful, especially to guys that are so fresh in this industry. So thank you for, for being um, transparent and, and, and sharing this information. I know it's helping a lot of people. And, uh, you know, I know you're successful with multi-million in revenue in your business. And a lot of guys are like, man, I'd like to get there one day, but I appreciate you showing us the actual path. So hopefully can avoid the mistakes that you made along the way and can just kind of start with your ceiling as the floor. Of course, I'm happy to help. And that's what we're all here for is just helping everybody else out. Because like you said, Paul, we didn't have all this tech when we started and seeing how we can help and just 
solve one little problem for somebody is a big uh, accomplishment for all of us. Cool. Well, thank you for your time, uh, James. I definitely appreciate it. Appreciate you. Well, guys, I hope this has been thought provoking for you. I'm continuously analyzing and thinking about the prices that I offer and how I could do a better job. And is there money that's being left on the table because our prices are not on point? Such an important topic. And if you've come to the conclusion in your business that, you know what, I need to raise my prices and maybe it's reacting to the supply chain issues and the, the rising cost of equipment and fuel and labor, or maybe you're just being preve- preventative and, and you already raised your prices this spring and, you, and you're, you are hitting good profits during the spring rush, but you just want to make sure that you're not being affected by the fuel and the equipment cost and the labor, but you're being proactive to stay ahead of the craziness of, of all of these rising costs by doing another price increase. I just got a price increase, Mr. Producer from QuickBooks. They are, you know, it wasn't too long ago. They jacked my price up to 50 bucks a month. And now I just got a new notification. I think next month it's $55 a month. And you know what? I'm going to pay them $55 a month because I'm a very happy customer with QuickBooks online. They have done a great job for me for over a decade now. And I'm not going to go through the hassle of hiring a new company. And and that's probably the approach of most of our customers. If they're very, very happy with the quality of our service, they should be understanding that we're absorbing all these expenses of the increased fuel prices and the crazy labor shortages and, and, and the higher amounts of wages that companies need to pay out to get good labor. And of course, the equipment costs, and they'll understand all that. So I say all that to say, We've actually created a template that effectively explains this to your customers. Long story short, years ago, my friend Rich tried to shock me that my prices were too low and told me, Paul, you need to raise your prices. And so that put me in this scramble of figuring out how I'm going to communicate this to my customers. And so I, that was years ago, I had my very first ever price increase letter and I sent it out through the snail mail, actually put it in the USPS and and, then put it in people's mailboxes, um, this letter. And back then, you know, version 1.0, it got the point across, but over the years, I've had several professionals comb through it with a, a really intentional conciseness to make it as simplified and concise and effective as possible in communicating the message to the customer of why their price is being increased. And it's written in such a reasonable way that um, not only for my own personal business of increasing prices, but for those who have used this template, it's been outrageously successful because when the customer receives it, it's, it's written with professional tact and a very clear explanation of why the price is going to be increased. And so if you need to raise your prices in your business, check today's show notes for our price increase letter template. It will help you have that template plug and play. All you got to do is put in, you know, simple information like your customer's name and the date and your company name and things like that. But the actual messaging is already ready for you. And all you got to do is plug and play your information in, and then you can email that to your customer and let them know that you are raising your prices. So 
it will definitely be a solution for you to effectively communicate to your customers of their new price. Again, that's our price increase letter template. It's available at the resource center at thegreenindustrypodcast.com. And Mr. Producer, if you could put that link in today's show notes, we would appreciate that. So it'll be simple for you guys to click on that hyperlink and get the price increase letter template downloaded on your computer and get that emailed out as soon as possible to your customers. Thanks for listening to today's show, folks. Smash that follow button. We hope to catch you on the next episode of the Green Industry Podcast. This has been a Jameson Media and Mr. Producer production.